Welcome to the Vincentian Heritage Podcast, a selection of readings on Vincentian history, spirituality, and praxis to help sustain the members of the Vincentian family in our shared efforts to live out the mission, vision, and values of St. Vincent de Paul. This episode's reading is entitled The Workaday Ministry of Vincent de Paul, published in 2010 in Vincent de Paul, His Mind and His Manner. It is read by David Edward Sims. St. Vincent's life is well documented, and he is certainly known for the big events. The founding of his communities, the major works of charity he undertook, the renewal of the clergy, and many other exploits that made him a major figure within the church and around the world. That said, there is room for telling some of the lesser-known, mundane happenings of his daily life and seeing how they illustrate another dimension of life. Vincent functioned in many capacities, as founder and superior general of his communities, coordinator of his religious members, manager of San Lazar, and handyman, if you will, for the many bishops who called upon him. He had people reporting to him, complaining to him. He oversaw the business of the apostolates, particularly in his concern for the ministries he supervised and finding the personnel he needed. He had people coming at him from all sides, and he met each person and situation in stride. Not surprisingly, the press of all these duties guaranteed he could not, at all times, be everybody's friend. Vincent's letters and conferences to both the men and women religious reveal many of these episodes. They show the human side of the saint as he meets each event and displays his character and disposition. He dealt with cardinals, bishops, nobles, priests, each response revealing something about him different from his formal persona. For instance, a recorder of one of his conferences to the Daughters of Charity noted that Vincent impatiently reminded them to be on time. Replied one of the sisters, Father, if we were sure that you'd begin the conference on time, we'd be there. As personnel director, Vincent was always concerned about candidates and their fitness those who either wished to join the company or those already in formation. He was especially interested in their qualifications for initial acceptance. Most of these were admitted with little difficulty. However, there were sometimes unusual types he had to reject. When he wrote Edme Jolly, Congregation of the Mission, or C.M., in Rome, that in no way do I think you should receive into the company that young man from the country who is asking to become a coadjutor brother. No matter how much goodwill he has, no reliance can be placed on a man who has committed three murders. Another candidate's motives raised doubts in Vincent's mind. The man complained that no one told him about all the practices and difficulties involved in the life. Vincent observed to Jean Martin, C.M., his representative in Turin, that the candidate has a curiosity to see Paris, which is partly the reason for his undertaking the journey here. 
He often goes to visit his compatriots, and I think he would already be with them if he had any money. We have little hope for him in the company. One cleric insisted on studying philosophy before completing his humanities. Said Vincent, he has given himself to God to do his will and not his own. If he acts otherwise, he will never do anything worthwhile. The saint's conviction about the worthiness of candidates is revealed in a letter concerning those who proved hopeless. Six of the best men did not do as much good in the company as one single incorrigible did harm. One of those whom we put out wrote to me four or five days ago that unless we took him back, he would kill me and several others in our company or set fire to this house so as to be hanged in the entrance. Our Lord has granted me the willingness to run this risk rather than accept into the company an individual who lived in it as he did. The saint even admonished seminary administrators for their faults. He scolded Honoré Bellart, C.M., for his rudeness to one of his clerics and the scandalous effects it had. Apparently, the priest had insulted the cleric in the presence of others. Said Vincent, People have written that a large number of priests and clerics have left the seminary because they could not stomach your biting reprimands, and that others who were planning to enter it changed their minds when they heard how severe you are. In addition to the worthiness of priestly candidates, Vincent took interest in the questions and doubts of other priests. For instance, he told a monk reluctant to accept an abbot's position, It seems to me, Reverend Father, that after giving what you owe to the humble sentiments of our heart, you would do well to submit to the holy inspirations of those who have nominated you. Furthermore, positions of authority should be given to those who try to avoid them. Would to God there were many more such monks in the church. Likewise, he said to a priest fearful of little success in his ministry, Be convinced that God asks of you only that you cast your nets into the sea, and not that you catch the fish, because it is up to him to make them go into the nets. Another priest facing personal uncertainty received this advice. When we are considering another state of life, we picture what is pleasing in it, but once we are in it, we experience what is annoying and contrary to nature. So remain at peace, Monsieur, and continue your journey into heaven on the same ship on which God placed you. The saint also encouraged his own priests who had doubts. To Antoine Durand, C.M., whom he named superior of the Agde Seminary, he said, Don't feel that you have to appear as the superior or master. I am not of the opinion of someone who said to me a few days ago that to govern well and maintain your authority, you must make it clear that you are the superior. Oh, mon Dieu! Our Lord Jesus Christ didn't talk like that. He taught us just the opposite, by word and example, telling us that he himself had come not to be served, 
but to serve others, and that whoever wanted to be the master must be the servant of all. Bishop Alain de Solminiac of Cahors wrote Vincent addressing a sensitive subject facing seminary rectors, chiefly the difficult decision of accepting diocesan seminarians who wish to join the congregation. Allow me to tell you that far from any thought of not wanting you to receive priests from my diocese into your congregation, I have, on the contrary, always believed that it is just and necessary for you to accept some of them. It is just because your congregation serves it well. In a follow-up, the bishop clarified his position by way of suggestion that discretion should be exercised in receiving candidates until the diocese has been provided with those it needs. There were always practical matters to attend to, as when Vincent wrote Father Jolly in Rome about a good number of retreatants. You must be careful lest some, under the pretext of a retreat, come just for the free meals. There are persons who are only too glad to spend a quiet week or so at no cost to themselves. Regarding royal promises made for the needs of the ladies of charity, Vincent wrote the superior in Rome. Kings are quick to make promises, but they forget to keep them unless they have persons around to remind them often of that. At the repetition of prayer, Vincent admonished a lay brother for his faults. In addition to other penalties, Vincent said, And finally, my poor brother, in order that you remember this, you shall not drink any wine for eight days, and I request our brothers in the pantry to see to this, so that, in case he sits down at a place where there is a glass of wine, they may remove it from before him. Vincent worried about unworthy applicants, but he always expressed his admiration for good priestly members of the congregation. Charles Naquart, C.M., was the legendary missioner to Madagascar, and the last there at the time of his death, news of which did not reach France until three years afterward. A later missioner wrote a long, edifying letter to Vincent of Father Naquart's exploits and his death, as gathered from the observations of natives who experienced his ministry. The saint wrote his own eulogy about another noteworthy priest, Jean Pilet, C.M., first a diocesan priest and later a member of the congregation. Vincent meant this letter to be sent to all the houses. At the end, he summarizes the holiness, zeal, and generosity of the priest— there you have the life and death of this good and true missionary, or rather, of this saint. There is a great deal to be learned for all the categories of persons. The old will learn not to dispense themselves from the rule. The young, to be submissive. The sick, to be encouraged and to be patient. The healthy, not to pretend to be working the spiritual to perfect themselves, and the sensual to be ashamed at the sight of a sick old man mortifying himself. To those unsteady in their commitment or rattled by uncertainty, Vincent continues, 
those who complain of being unfit for preaching, hearing confessions, and carrying out other mission functions because of their infirmity or ailment of body or mind, or because they are left at home to work at something else they do not like, will learn here that it is a great presumption that God needs their talent as if he could not convert souls by some other means, and that obedience, mortification, prayer, patience, and similar virtues win souls better than the lofty sciences and all human industry. Monsieur Pilet did more by himself in suffering than all of us by our activity. A quaint pastoral practice of Vincent's was revealed in an early conference to his missioners. The recorder observed that St. Charles Borromeo used to make his prayer and even confession on horseback, asking his chaplain to come close to hear. Similarly, people would approach Vincent while he walked along country roads, asking him to hear their confession. We can make prayer like that too, he told his audience. There were many experiences for which Vincent had something to say. However, there is one overarching concept that characterizes the saint's life. That is, his concern for the ministry to the poor. In a later conference to his men, Vincent imparted the following words, which form an apt conclusion to these pages. God loves the poor. Consequently, he loves those who love the poor. For when we truly love someone, we have an affection for his friends and for his servants. Now the little company of the mission strives to devote itself ardently to serve persons who are poor, the well-beloved of God. In this way, we have good reason to hope that for love of them, God will love us. Come then, brothers, let's devote ourselves with renewed love to serve persons who are poor and even to seek out the poorest and most abandoned. Let's acknowledge before God that they are our lords and masters and that we are unworthy of rendering them our little services. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Incension Heritage Podcast. If you have any questions, please send them to mission.depaul at gmail.com. Be sure to check out all the other Vincentian family resources on our website, mission.depaul.edu.